Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Ezekiel chapter 37. If you've been saved for any amount of time, you know the scripture fairly well. Valley of dry bones. Ezekiel 37. Today I'm going to be speaking on a topic called Speak Life. Someone say Speak Life. Oh, come on, say Speak Life. To speak means this. It's defined as means to declare something. It means in writing or in printing or by any means of communication. It means to declare something. And so today we're going to make a choice to declare life. Amen. We, 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 we have a choice to make. The Bible says that, that life and death are in the power of the what? The tongue and your confession, right? So today, you have to make a choice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak on speaking life, but if you don't want to speak life, that's up to you. I can't make you do it. But I will tell you this, that if you speak life into your situation, things will turn around. Amen? Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 3 says, The hand of the Lord came upon me. Someone say, the hand of the Lord. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Let's pray. Father, I just ask in these moments we have together that your spirit, God, would flow freely. I pray, Father, let my words, God, be easy to understand, Lord, but more than that, let your spirit, God, change and challenge hearts. Let us leave today, Father, God, changed and challenged as a result of what we're about to hear. So I thank you and I love you. In the matchless name of Jesus, we all say amen. You may be seated. As you're seated, I just want to take a few moments to remind you of a few things. Next week, Sunday night after church service, we are still having our regular services, so don't skip out on that. But we have the Katinas that are coming to town uh, the 3rd of September at 6 o'clock. Doors will open up at 5.30. If you come at 6 o'clock expecting to find a seat, um, that will not happen for you. Uh, We're not saving seats, and your friend, if they get there early, they will not be able to save seats for you at that time. Um, Knowing the Polynesian culture, they will travel from all over the world to come see the Katinas, and so it's going to be full of a, a lot of people. So get there um, and, and find a seat. Get there early, even if you got to go and set up a tent there like you are for Black Friday. Set up a tent there and, and, and camp out there for a little bit. You'll be guaranteed a seat at that moment. Amen? And then also on the 17th, we have our block party. That is taking place of our, um, our church picnic There's going to be a few things happening that day, and I'm just letting you know there'll be more information on Connect. On that day, they are shutting down seven miles of road here in San Jose. So White Road in front of the school here will be shut down, and you will not be able to drive on White Road at all. So your parking situation is going to be a little different. You're going to have to come uh, up Martin Road, and you're going to go around the back way of the school, and we'll have people directing you there. So it's going to be a little maze and a little crazy, but Martin, right there, where Martin and Ocala, that Ocala turns into Martin once it crosses White Road, right there is going to be kind of an exit for people to drive on, but you will not be able to go on White Road at all. So just keep that in mind. More information will be coming to you with that. We just want to let you know just so you don't get confused. We will have people set out there to help you find parking that day. Amen. 
The Bible says that the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out into the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. It amazes me that the same God that takes us to the mountaintops, the same God that blesses you, the same God that you pray for protection over, the same God that, that, you, that you cry out for help, the same God that puts a smile on your face. It's amazing to me that the same God that brings us to the mountaintops in life is the same God that also brings us to our valleys low. Amen. He's the same God that takes you high and he's the same God that takes you low. The Bible says that God gives and he takes away. Right. God blesses and he takes away. And so we have to understand this, that if our thinking of God is just of one who blesses us all the time and one who protects us and watches over us all the time, if if our thinking of God is one that just will never take us to any hard places in life, I think we're going to be really upset by the end of the message today. You see, the same God that takes you to the mountaintop was the same God that put the disciples in the middle of a storm. It was such a bad storm, the Bible says, that these experienced fishermen were crying for their life. They thought that they were going to drown, and they thought Jesus didn't care about them. The same God that takes you on the mountaintops is the same God that will bring you to the valleys low. But it doesn't matter where he takes you as long as he's with you. Come on, someone say, as long as he's with me, I'm going to be okay. You're going to have to work with me this morning. Amen? It amazes me that God would do that. The Bible says that God brought Ezekiel low to the valley of death. Why would God take us to places like this? Ezekiel was taken to the valley of death. The Bible says that God brought him literally to the cemetery of life. Have you ever felt that God has brought you to a place of death before? Have you ever felt that God was messing with you and brought you to a place where you didn't know why you were there, but you had a purpose in being there? You ever, you ever realize that God takes us to some places that aren't very fun at times, that God puts us in some hard situations, that God makes things difficult at times? Don't rebuke everything as if the devil did it. Sometimes God's trying to do something in you. Come on. Some of your greatest lessons were not learned in the best parts of your life. Some of your greatest lessons were not learned when God was doing everything great in your life. Some of your greatest lessons is when you cried out to God saying, where are you at? I can't feel you. I don't see you. I don't understand why you got me in this place. Some of your greatest lessons in life happen in those moments. I thank God that he's taken some of us through those deep valleys in life. Why? Because as long as he's with me, I know that I'm going to be okay. But there's a lesson to be learned in the midst of the valley. God shows us something in the midst of the valley. And he takes us there. In the midst of the valley. You see, not only does God lead Ezekiel to the valley, but he gives him the grand tour. I don't understand it. He tells Ezekiel and brings him to this valley. And the Bible says that he causes Ezekiel to walk all around the bones. If you've seen one pair of bones, you've seen them all. Why do you got to take me around all these bones here? It's like someone taking you to a cemetery and saying, over here we have some people who once lived. And on this side here we have some people who once lived. And on this side here we have some more people who once lived. And over here are some people who once lived. Again, if you've seen one, you, you, you've seen them all. But God takes him, he tells him to look around and he, surround, and he goes around every single bone there. God gives him the grand tour, when all that was to see was just a bunch of 
bones. You see, the bones were proof that there once was life there. The bones were proof that there once was life there. Have you ever stopped and looked around your life? What does it show evidence of? Have you ever stopped and took a look around your life? What does it show evidence of? Does it show evidence of something that once was alive but no longer is? I know some of you today are on cloud nine and you're sitting there on the mountaintops and you're saying everything's grand in life. But some of us rather not look in the boneyard of our life because we don't want to see or go to that place where we once had, where things once died in our lives before. We don't want to remember those things. Have you ever stopped to look around your life? What does it show signs of? You see, the evidence, the bones were evidence that not only was there death, but the Bible says that there were very many bones. There was a great loss of life. Something catastrophe, something crazy happened in that moment there. Something amazing or something crazy happened in that moment where Ezekiel went down there. I, I could imagine that. It was probably a depressing moment for Ezekiel. Can you imagine walking around of, of a bunch of bones that, that were there and seeing the bones all over the place and thinking, man, what in the world happened here? What took place here? And like, like those bones, some of us could look into your life and, 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 and know you from before and look at you now. And some of us would say, what happened to you? What took place in your life? You look like you're just existing right now. You're not living. You're just existing. And it looks like we're just a pile of bones and just, just laying there. And Ezekiel has to see all these things. I, I could only imagine that maybe he got a little depressed. God, why would you bring me to this place? You see, the Bible doesn't say just that there were very many bones there, but the Bible says that the bones were very dry. It says that there are a lot of bones, but it says that they were very dry, meaning that they had been in that condition for a long time. All the birds had came in and eaten all the meat off of the, off of the bones there and that the sun dried out, and so now you just have skeletons all over the place, and, and here you have these dried out bones, and Ezekiel's looking at them, probably thinking, why did you bring me to this place? And some of you right now might have that same mindset. Why, God, do you have me at this place? Why do you have me here right now? Why couldn't, I be, why couldn't I be over there? Why couldn't I be enjoying life like, like they are? Why couldn't I have this or have that? Why do you have me and why did you bring me to this place here? You see, like Ezekiel, some of you are living amongst dry bones right now in your life. Maybe you got bones of unfulfilled dreams. Dreams that were once alive but now are dead. Dreams that, that once kept you up at night but now dreams that you don't even think of anymore. Dreams that you think are long gone. You have bones of dreams that are unfulfilled or bones of what was a happy marriage before. Oh, you're still together but you're not happy. Maybe you have bones of what was a happy family. We used to love each other. Now we can't stand each other. They're my blood, I can't get rid of them, but I don't talk to them any longer. Or maybe bones of what was a happy life. Maybe life has dealt you some bad cards and caused you to become unhappy in life. And now we live with the remains of what was 
but no longer is. We live with remains of what was. I used to be a happy person, but I no longer am. I used to be a person who, who loved people, but not any longer. I'm a, I'm a bitter person now. I, we used to have a happy marriage, but now we can't stand each other. Maybe we're just staying together because we got kids or because we don't want to you know, face the reality of a divorce. So we're just existing, but we don't love each other. We, just, we, we don't have a happy marriage anymore. We don't have a happy family. I don't have a happy life. And don't talk to me about my dreams because my dreams are long gone. They'll never happen again, and all we have is remains of what once was. Living among what once was but no longer is. You see, but God didn't take Ezekiel through this valley to discourage him. God doesn't have you where he has you right now to punish you. God doesn't have you where he has you right now to discourage you. God doesn't have you where he has you right now to say this is the best that you'll get because you've messed up so much. God doesn't have you in the place that you're right right now to discourage you or punish you. God did not take Ezekiel through the valley of dry bones to discourage him. You see, whenever God takes you through a dry season in life, there's a purpose behind it. You have to have the purpose behind it. You have to find out where it is. If you want water, you got to go and look for it sometimes. You got to dig. You got to get in there and, and dig. If you want to make it through, you're going to find a way to make it through or else you're just going to sit down and die. didn't take Ezekiel through the valley to discourage him. There was a purpose behind it. And there's a purpose behind where you are right now in your life. You might be at the beginning and starting over. It's okay. At least you're going somewhere. You might be halfway there. Awesome. Don't look back. Keep going. Your marriage might not be all the way fixed, but we're getting there. It's okay. Continue to work on it. You might find that my family's not all put back together, but at least we're not where we used to be. Aren't you glad? And if you could take a look back and be honest with yourself, that I'm not who I want to be, but I sure ain't who I used to be. Aren't you excited for that? Sometimes we need to get excited for the journey and not just the destination. Some of the funnest times that we have on our way to Disneyland is not the park itself because as much as they say that's the happiest place, that's the most exhausting place in the whole wide world, especially if you have kids. We went there for our 15th year anniversary. I promise every ride we got on, we're about to get on to, we're in line there and we wait, we're waiting in line for a long time. Right when we get to the ride, Nico says, Daddy, I have to go pee-pee. I just waited in line for you to go to the bathroom. But you know what was fun was the drives up there and the drives back and the songs that you sing. Sometimes you need to learn to celebrate the journey and not so much the destination. Don't get happy when you get there. Get happy that you're on your way. Get happy. It's like the day before you're going to Disneyland. I can't sleep. I'm too excited. God's doing something and taking you on a journey. Lord, I'm ready to start this thing. God, I'm ready to change. I'm done being broke. I'm done with my marriage being all messed up. I'm done living unhappy. God, I'm ready to change. You got to celebrate the destination, not just the destination, but the journey. Amen. Whenever God takes you through a dry season, you have to find the purpose behind it. 
because every season has a purpose connected to it. Every season has a purpose connected to it, even what we would call the bad ones. The ones that we would much rather forget, the seasons that we would rather walk away from, the seasons that we would say, I don't want nothing to do with this any longer. I don't want to remember that. That is the season where God showed himself the most faithful to you in life. And you got to be thankful for those seasons. If it wasn't for my dark times, I wouldn't know that God is the light of my life. If I was never sick, I would never experience him as a healer. If I was never broke, I would never experience him as, as a fixer. And if I was never lost, I would never know him as a savior. Thank God for the places that he's brought me and you through. Amen. Every season has a purpose connected to it. There is a reason behind your season. So God brings Ezekiel to the valley of dry bones, not to discourage him, but he brings him to this valley because he simply wants to ask him a question. He wants to ask Ezekiel a question in this valley. You see, I'm not preaching, you, preaching to you this morning to make you look back at what you lost or discourage you, or discourage you this morning. I'm preaching to you to simply ask you a question. With all the junk that's happened in your life, with all the stuff that you've been through, with all the hell that you've experienced, I got a question to ask you this morning. Can these bones live again? Can you have happiness again? Can you have purpose again? Can you have a, 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 a marriage that's fulfilling again? Can your life have meaning to it again? Can your family be happy again? Can you have a happy life again? I've simply come to ask the same question that was asked to Ezekiel to you this morning. Can these bones live again? Can what was be again? Can your dreams live again? Can you have a happy marriage again? Can you have a happy family again? Can you have a happy life again? Can these bones live again? Was a question that was asked to Ezekiel. But I find it kind of funny that the question was asked to Ezekiel. Why would God ask man this question when he is the author and the finisher of life? Hear me. Why would God ask Ezekiel this question? This is usually a question that man asks to God. But God asks Ezekiel, God asks man this question, can these bones live again? You see, God did not ask this question out of ignorance. Because to ask the question out of ignorance, it would mean that God is not all-knowing. If God asks Ezekiel the question, can these bones live again, means that God is looking for an answer. It would mean that God is asking this question out of ignorance. He does not know, but God's not asking the question to Ezekiel this morning out of ignorance, and neither do I ask the question to you this morning, can the bones of your life live again out of ignorance at all? I ask the question already knowing the response. You see, God asks the question, though, out of intelligence. To ask the question out of intelligence means that he already knows the answer. But he was just setting Ezekiel up. And I think sometimes God asks us questions like this to simply see what your response is and where your heart's at. 
Some of you raise your hand in worship, but you don't have the faith to believe that God could take you out of certain situations. We're okay with him being our savior and being the forgiver of our sins, but we don't so much trust him with our finances or trust him with our family or trust him with our well-being. So what do we do? We put our hands in the mix and we try to fix everything ourselves. You know what happens when you fix something that you don't know about? You end up breaking it even worse. If you are the problem, it's very, very, very seldom that you will also be the solution. And so you got marriages that are broken. You got people in the broken marriage that are trying to fix the marriage. You, you, you broke it. You don't know about how to fix it. You broke it. God asked Ezekiel the question out of intelligence. Ezekiel can... These bones live because he needs to see what Ezekiel's response is. You see, God did not need to be convinced whether or not the bones could live again. Let's get that straight. God was not asking this question, seeking out an answer. He already knew the answer. He just needed to see if Ezekiel knew the answer. You see, it's not God who needs to know the answer. It's us who needs to answer that question. Can these bones live again? And I've come to ask you that same question again. Can what was in your life, can you have happiness again? Can you have freedom again? Can you be blessed again? Can your dreams live again? It's you and I. That need the convincing. You see, God needed to see if Ezekiel believed or not. The Bible says all things are possible to those who believe. Not some. God says all things are possible. What seems impossible to you when you believe in a God that that has no impossibilities about him, when you put things in God's hands and take it out of your own, when you say, well, God, I don't know how we're going to do this. None of us know how God's going to do it, but he's God, and that's the great thing about him. Aren't you glad that he's God and that you're not? Come on, aren't you glad that he's God? Aren't you glad that your neighbor wasn't the determining person that, that said whether or not Jesus would go to the cross or not? I'm glad that I wasn't assigned the cross. I wasn't going to die for any of y'all. That hurt too much. But he sent his son Jesus to do that for us. God needed to see if Ezekiel believed that the bones could live. Because if he didn't, he needed to find another man for the job. The bones didn't just represent the bones. The bones represented the children of Israel. Ezekiel, if you can't believe for these bones, you can't believe for the children of Israel. Therefore, I can't use you. You see, it doesn't matter if God can. If you don't believe it, then he won't. Hear me. It doesn't matter if God can. If you don't believe it, then he won't. Look at this. Look at Mark 6, 5. It says, and because of their unbelief, someone say unbelief. You know what unbelief means? It means unbelief. <laughs> it means they didn't believe. The Bible says because of their unbelief, talking about Jesus here. 
because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them. Jesus, the Son of God. Because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. How do you limit the power of God that flows through the Son of God? Unbelief. How do you stay in the same situation as that you, be, you don't believe that God could get you out of it? We serve a God that has no limitations. Yet we place limitations upon him in our circumstances every single time. I don't know if God could get me out of this. So we try ourselves and we dig our hole just a little deeper. And we get in the mix, God. I don't know if you could help me financially. So what do we do? We go and get a third and a fourth and a fifth job and trying to save the family financially, but you lose the family because you're never home to be with them anymore. And so you end up digging the hole just a little deeper when he says that he'll bless you, that if you give, it'll come back to you. He'll bless you, but we don't trust him in those things. And so we try to take matters into our own hands and we try to fix it ourselves. And because of our unbelief, we limit the power of God in our lives. Simply because of your unbelief. You see, if it's my dream and it's my marriage and my family and my happiness, then it's my responsibility to do something about it. If it's my dreams and my marriage and my family and they're, they're going crazy, it's my responsibility. I can't trust the church. And too many of you are saying, well, the church needs to fix this. The church don't need to fix a thing in your marriage. You need to get plugged in and do something about it and tap in and begin to bring healing into that place. If it's my dream and my marriage and my family and my happiness, then it's my responsibility. Take Ownership. Take ownership. Take inventory. Ezekiel walked around the bones taking inventory. This is what I got to work with. You see, some of us don't want to take that journey. We don't want to really see where our marriage is at. We don't want to see how deep we are in the financial hole. We don't want to find out how far gone our children are. We don't want to find out this. We don't want to take that journey. But God says, Ezekiel, I need you to take a look at what you're working with here. These are the materials that you got. It's okay to take the journey because you need to take inventory with where you're at. Take ownership. Take ownership. Don't think just because you carry your Bible in the church if you brought it with you this morning. Don't think because you take your Bible to church and smile on your way in that everybody's convinced that you've got everything going on. You might trick man, but God knows. And so do you. You know exactly where you're at this morning. And until you're real enough to admit, I ain't got things all together. Pastor Nick, I'm living with some bones in my life. I sleep next to bones every single night. I got bones in the bedrooms next to me. I got this, I got that. My, my, my bank account doesn't say non-sufficient funds. Just bones come out of the ATM machine. That's all that comes out of there. That's all that's left. My happiness, all that's there is just some bones of what used to be. My marriage, it just got bones. I got this, I got that. Just bones all over the place. It's okay. You have to know first what you're working with. Got to know what you're working with. Take ownership. 
I know it's been dead for a while. I know it's been long gone in your mind. This is over, Pastor Nick. Uh, there's no bringing this one back. I've messed up too much. I've gone too far. There's no coming back from this. I know it's been dead for a while. But the question wasn't asked to Ezekiel. How dead do you think these bones are? The question was simply asked, can they live again? How much more dead do you need to have than dead? How much more dead do you, not only were they dead, but the bones were very dry. They've been dead for a long time. Pastor Nick, I haven't had happiness in our family in a long time. Long time. God didn't ask whether or not, he didn't ask how dead the bones were. He simply asked this one question, can they live? Well, you don't know how unhappy we are. I didn't ask the state of your situation. I'm just asking, can it live again? Well, you know, we don't love each other. I didn't ask the question of why it can't live. I'm just asking, can it live? Everyone got good excuses of why it can't happen. If we are in another setting, I'll tell you what my football coach said about excuses, but we can't say it in church. But it was a good line. Why can't it live? Well, Pastor Nick, it's too far gone. I didn't ask how far gone it was. God didn't bring Ezekiel to the valley of dry bones to have a cry fest. Didn't bring him to the valley of dry bones to tell him, you know what? Man, look at all these sad people, man. Families are hurting. Look at this great loss. Didn't bring Ezekiel there. Didn't even talk about how they died. He asked if they could live again. We're so focused in on the problem. We're so focused in on the bones that are there that God says, listen, stop focusing on the issue and start focusing in on me. All I'm asking you to do is take inventory and then answer my question. Can these bones live again? I know they've been dead for a while, but can they live again? You see, I could believe that the bones could live again or I could become just like them. I could be dead and dry in my own life. I could be, I could be alive and just existing, but not be full of life like the Bible says I should. Should be, can these bones live again? Can these bones? I'm not talking about someone else's bones, I'm talking about these bones. Can these bones live again? You see, too many of us are trying to fix someone else's family when yours is falling apart. Focus in on these bones. God didn't ask Ezekiel about those bones. He asked them about these bones here today. Your bones. You got to take care of your own boneyard in life. You got to take care of what belongs to you. Stop trying to fix everybody else's bones. I'm over here. So and so needs help with this. And so, listen, take care of your own bones. The only thing that you got to take care of, you have to look out for your own bones. Stop trying to help someone else's family out when yours is falling apart. You see, my calling is not to make sure that all of your dreams are lived out and I never live mine own. 
My calling is not to make sure that you have a happy marriage, yet mine's is unhealthy. That's not my calling in life. I have to believe it for myself before I can proclaim it to you. Can these bones live again? You see, get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. Every excuse of why it can, every excuse of this and that, get out of your own way. Stop trying to, you're trying to be the healer when you were the problem in the first place. He didn't ask Ezekiel, the question was never asked to Ezekiel. Ezekiel, I want you to put the bones back together again, and I want you to form skin on them. God didn't ask Ezekiel to do that. He simply asked, can they live? Can they live? If I could get some help on the keyboard. He's not asking you to fix it yourself. If he was, the situation's much too great for me and you. Way beyond us. What he's simply asking you is, can they live? Can these bones live again? Is it possible that God could bring happiness back into your life? Yeah. Can he heal a marriage that is on the rocks? Yeah. Can he reconcile a family that has been in disarray for such a long time? Yeah, he can. Nothing's impossible for God. But if Ezekiel didn't believe that the bones could live again, then God had to move him out of the way and bring another man onto this journey to ask him the same question. I don't need another man to love my wife, to make her happy and to make her feel like the queen that she is. That's my job assigned to me as her husband. But if I don't do my job Understand this, that there is another man that could probably do it for me. There's another man that could raise my kids if I don't want to do it. There's someone else that could bring happiness to my family if all I'm bringing is chaos. I don't care how far gone you are right now or how dry the bones are in your life. doesn't matter what situation you're facing right now in your life. The same question that was asked to Ezekiel is asked to you this morning. Not asking how far gone, how messed up things are. Simple question is this. Do you believe that God could fix it? It's all in the power of your declaration. Ezekiel, how's it going to happen? no clue I got bones here and got bones there scattered all over the place there's a great loss of life how's, how's this going to happen Ezekiel I, I really don't know and so Ezekiel gives the only response that he knows to do and he says this oh Lord God you know you know Lord, you know already. 
Stop asking me the question. You're, you're, you're just setting me up. Why? Because with God, all things, not some, all things are possible. All things are possible to those who believe. God withholds nothing, nothing. These bones were dry. They were done. They were through crew. They were just remnants of what life was. And he says, Ezekiel, prophesy to them. Speak life over them, Ezekiel. Speak life. If you believe that they could live, then this is, if you go on a little further down, the Bible says that God gives Ezekiel exactly what to say. He doesn't say, okay, Ezekiel, now figure it out yourself. He says, no, Ezekiel, say this, say, say bones come together, then skin come. And he prophesies all these things exactly according to what God said. And it happened the way that God said. He's not asking you to fix it. He's just asking you to come into agreement with him. Amen. Can these bones live? I don't know where you're at this morning. But I'm not so much concerned about your condition as I am concerned about your obedience. I messed up, Pastor Nick. It's okay. Join the crowd. You see, I love the response. Jesus is doing miracles. The father brings him his son who couldn't really be healed. And the father responds to Jesus asking you know, do you believe it's possible? He says, listen, I believe. I believe. And I think you're here this morning because you believe. But he says this, I believe, but help, help my unbelief. God, I believe that you can. I just don't know how you're going to do it. I, I, I know that you can. I just don't see how it's going to come about. How is this going to happen in my human mind? I can't think of a result just because you're part of the problem. He's not asking you to think of the result. He's not asking you to be the healer. That's his job. Stop trying to play Jesus in your situation. Let him be God. And you just be there and say, God, I don't know how it's going to happen. But, oh, Lord God, you know. You already know that it's possible. You already know that you're able to do it. So I'm just going to believe that you're able to do it this morning. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. Can these bones live again? That's not a question that's up to God to answer. That's something that you and I need to answer this morning. Can they live again? Can your brokenness be healed? Can your hurts be mended? Can forgiveness be offered and received? Can God restore happiness again? Can God restore purpose again? Could God give back a dream again? Could God breathe life onto your dream again? Oh, Lord God, you know. You're here this morning. I'm going to make one simple call. 
you're here this morning and you are facing an impossible situation and you have unbelief that it's ever going to get fixed. If that's you this morning, I just want you to be honest, stand to your feet and meet me at the altar. I want to pray with you. You're facing an impossible situation. You can't see a way out of it. And you say, Pastor Nick, I have no clue how this is going to happen. I have an impossible situation. An impossible situation. But today, something gave you hope. You're facing it. It doesn't matter what the situation is, whether it's in marriage, it's at work. It does not matter. You are facing an impossible situation. And today you're saying, Pastor Nick, I believe that God is able to, but I still have unbelief in my spirit. But today I want to come into agreement. I want to speak life. I want to breathe life again. I want to declare life over my situation. If that's what God's calling me to do, he's calling me to take inventory of where I'm at and then come into obedience with him this morning you know what, Pastor Nick, I could do that. Anyone else? Got an impossible situation that I don't really see a way out of. Can these bones live? Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.